Alright, what's up ladies and gentlemen? We're back. Another episode of the Highly Unprofessional Podcast. I'm your host, Nature Boy. Back in this thing, I don't feel like doing all the wooing and hiring and all that. Cause it's so freaking hot out here. Um, but I love summer, you know. I'm a summer baby. I was born in the summer. And, you know, today compared to some of the other days, man, it feels pretty good out here. We got a, a slight breeze. It ain't nothing major, but you know how you be outside, man. It be hot as hell in there. You know, you get about that three or four minutes worth of cool summer breeze, man. Whew. Ain't nothing like that. But, uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody who is tuned in, you know, the people who tune in and listen to me uh ramble on about nothing every week hey man i sure do appreciate it uh it's a big week this week man big big week uh this week we are officially going to start trading with my own real money as opposed to you know when you anybody who does look or who who has an interest in that um becoming a day trader or a swing trader or whatever investing in general i would suggest you know you trying to uh practice first practice some strategies um because you know when if you lose a whole bunch of money that's fake money it feels a whole the the blow is extremely insignificant as opposed to you losing all your real damn money so yeah i just suggest um anybody who who does something like this to practice even you know sometimes y'all hear me talking about playing uh fantasy sports um you know start practicing on net because that's something i didn't do if you if you do you know this this upcoming football season or NBA season or baseball season going on now. If you think that, you know, you had a stomach to um, wager your money on a nightly basis uh, and in hopes of essentially hitting the lottery, then, you know, the sites have a chance for you to, to practice. Um, they have free contests or, you know, you can do like a uh, little quarter contest, 10 cent contest. So I suggest that you do stuff like that if you are, you know, hoping to get into one of these industries uh, that's high risk, high reward. But yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I'm nervous. Uh, but I've been doing fairly good, man. I ain't gonna lie. Like, uh, you know, just a little bit of my background. So I went essentially all through high school all through the even though i i have i successfully dropped out of college twice um my years i did uh go to college i I graduated from junior college when i was playing football and you know i didn't graduate from university from the university level because um when i uh, left the team when I when I quit playing, 
Uh, I said, well, shit, I ain't going to school because, you know, school ain't, <laughs> school ain't my thing, man, right? And I don't push I don't push it on my kids, right? Because in, especially in 2019, you know, that whole school thing, school, uh, as far as, you know, college and all that, that was a fad, that was a, a business thing, in my opinion. That was a business thing, um, you know, just just similar to Coke and Pepsi. Uh, there was something that people figured out a way to monetize, and they figured out a way to at to advertise it to consumers as something that they need in their life. And you know how many people have master's degrees, but they are punching a clock at a factory or a warehouse. You know, they don't, they're not sitting down. They graduated decades ago and still were never able to get a job in their line of work. So, you know, anyway, bring this point full circle. Um, in high school and in college, I don't do well with cramming a lot of information uh, at one time. Right. I can remember stuff great from 15 years ago, if it was something, you know, worth remembering. But I can remember stuff great from 15 years ago, but I can't remember shit from 15 minutes ago. I have awful short term memory. Um, So as far as like um, studying, like the strategies and all that, like there's a lot of studying requirement required in terms of you know being a trader or whatever or playing fantasy sports right and i can do research on fantasy sports because a lot of times you know it's you looking up stats and all that and in some cases it involves you going back looking at highlights and all that so you know that's kind of a specialized way of looking at it plus i mean you know, I play sports and obviously we watch film and all that. And I was, you know, one of those guys I enjoy hearing about X's and O's and uh, football in particular. <clears throat> so, you know, as far as that goes, it's a little bit easier to study. Um, but as far as like books and subjects and stuff that I'm not going to use you know, if you excelled at that aspect of uh, education and you enjoy, you know, cramming a bunch of information into your brain and you can retain it uh, on a short term basis and you can constantly sit down for two or three hours every day and do that, then, hey, man, you, you know, doing stuff like uh, studying charts and you know, studying patterns and all that type of stuff, studying strategies and trading, then go right ahead. But that's not me. I can, I, my, my motto is to learn one new thing a day. If you want, if you learn, think about this in any aspect of life. If you learn one new thing today, just one, I don't care if it's a word, I don't care if it's something about, you know, finances, whatever it is. If you learned, uh, if you learn how to tie your shoes today, you are smarter today 
than you was yesterday. Right. All you got to do is learn one new thing. Right. And then over you think about that over a couple months. Yeah, I didn't cram in a whole bunch of information like you did. But if you spend two months cramming the same information over and over again, yeah, you might know it like the back of your hand. But if I'm able to retain uh, just by looking at one thing for one or two days or three days or whatever the case may be for, you know, 30 minutes at a time. And then by the time, you know, two or three months have passed and we know almost the same same amount of information, then that doesn't make your way of studying better than my way of studying. So, you know, the thing with me is I just had to realize uh, what worked for me, how I got through it, right? Like when I was in high school, I didn't, like I said, I didn't study and all that type of stuff, right? Like I used to, I honestly BSed uh, my way through it, but I wasn't interested in it, man. I, I just, I just really wasn't, right? Like, uh, we'd have people who would um, get together and give each other uh, our homework and all that. Or even when I was in junior college, one of the homies was um, was uh, messing with this girl, and you know she turned around and she did an entire online class uh, for me and like two other guys just because we was cool with this one dude, right? So you know that just goes to show you how serious I take the schooling process. But I do take, you know, this trade and stuff serious. It's just I tried to, like my first month, I tried to do something that was uncharacteristic of myself. And, you know, I said, nah, I can't, I can't study like that. I have to, you know, focus in on one thing at a time, one thing at a time. And man, you know, it's worked for me. Maybe some people are way ahead of me because I know I struggled with that for a few weeks um, of just comparing myself to other people. And that's something that you shouldn't do in no line of work or no aspect of life. You only focus on yourself, right? Like, I'm happy for the people who were in my group when I started uh, learning about trading. Right. Like we have, you know, two two girls, I said two girls, two women in the group who are um, who I even told them, I said, man, y'all the truth. Y'all are studs in this. And that's true. So, you know, for a few weeks, I was trying to play catch up to them instead of me just, you know, me just just do what I can do. Just do what I can do. Right. I hope they make whatever they want to make. Right. I hope they can make a hundred thousand in the next few months. Right. Or more or more, because that's very realistic in trading. Um, But, you know, me trying to keep up with them is, you know, that's that's not that's not a healthy mindset to have. So, you know, I had to stop everything and reconstruct it into a way that works for me and you know i'm 
I would like to say I done figured out what works best for me, but it's still an ongoing process, obviously. So I'm figuring out what works best for me. And, you know, maybe whatever you're doing, um, you could apply that to some some portion of your life. Uh, I don't know what it is, but. You know, maybe you've been doing something and you've been trying to do it somebody else's way and you just need to take a step back and say, what what is I don't nobody know me better than I know myself. So how do I handle situations uh, best? How do I, you know, retain stuff best? How do I uh, solve problems best? Right. And then from there, you build around whatever it is that you're trying to do and then you know whatever whatever comes it comes so you know yeah i'm I'm nervous um i don't want to say it's a lot of money that i'm starting with but you know it's a lot of money if it goes the wrong way but again we got into well i got into this uh with you know looking to have no regret looking to be completely satisfied with whatever uh comes with it because you know i can say i'm one of the few people who can say i literally threw away everything just to go attempt to do something that i really wanted to do right and i'm not sure if you know people are aware who uh guys like uh gary vaynerchuk and um, Grant Cardone is, right? And this is something I want to say about Grant Cardone right after I make this point. But, uh, you know, Gary V has a very unique way of looking at stuff. Um, and it works for him. Obviously, he tells people to, you know, you should start grinding and, you know, all this stuff about selling and doing all that. And for a lot of people, it don't make sense, like, A lot of people, his whole thing is never being satisfied, right? That's just a, if you break everything down, it's about never being satisfied. I believe I said this about um, one of my, uh, one of the guys I watch on YouTube, a guy named, a young guy named Christian Guzman, his whole slow, his phrase is proud but never satisfied, right? But it takes a special you know, you have to be you all. Everything can't be wired like, you know, the the average everyday person. You have to be thrown off a little bit to think like that. You know, yeah, you know, I can do whatever I want to do, but I, I need more. I feel like I can do more, not because I want more money, but because I want more challenges. That's their whole thing. Right. So, uh, you know, I love following guys like that. Will I take everything that they try and do? No. But do I take bits and pieces of what they're saying? And hopefully one day I'll be able to apply it to myself. Of course. Of course. Wouldn't wouldn't you? Right. But some people, uh, some people enjoy being worker bees. And some people enjoy being, you know, the queen bee or whatever, the king bee, whoever. Right. And, uh, yeah, as far as Grant Cardone goes, so, um, you know, I love real estate too. 
He's obviously a real estate tycoon. Spoiler alert on what I'm finna say. This is my weekly, uh, I guess you can say weekly rant about, you know, white privilege or whatever. Right. So Grant Cardone, he I, I know he obviously means well. Um, but this is a case of, you know, the video he the video he recently put out was um, uh, talking about like rappers and basketball players or whatever. So, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly where he's located, but he was sitting outside his office and all that. And, you know, he always talks about how cash is trash and all that and that is something that hey look i 100% agree on i 100% agree on right so he always talks about you know the the all the cash he makes he turns around and tries to purchase buildings and all that he tries to reinvest the cash into stuff that will make him more money right and then he can turn around and use that stuff and, and, you know, buy all the stupid crap and all that, as he phrases it, buy all the stupid, useless junk that he likes to enjoy. Well, you know, he made this video saying uh, he was sitting outside and he had like, looking like 25 vehicles out here, all of them which he owned, right? And then he had like on... Uh, some expensive Rolex or watch or, you know, whatever, whatever brand it was. It was really expensive. And, you know, he had, uh, like, uh, he got out of the, the Mercedes, uh, AMG, if you know what that is, he got out of that and it had, you know, it was customized and all that type of stuff. Right. So, you know, he was making a point of y'all take all y'all money and buy all this useless junk and instead of reinvesting it and doing all of that and in in the video in the video because i i obviously like i said i can remember from 15 years ago but i can't remember from 15 minutes ago so you know the the whole gist of the video was um him trying to give financial advice but he was obviously heavily criticizing basketball players and rappers uh uh for how they spend their money and hey look i agree you know this i'm not a jewelry wearer and all that type of stuff so hey look i i get it but it's the delivery man like you know when he started like saying <laughs> he started trying to rap and and all that because he was criticizing them so i was like hey look you might try and phrase it as uh, if somebody would have called him out and said, hey, man, you know, the way you delivered it, I get what you're saying. But the way you delivered it, you were clearly talking to black people. And that was kind of offensive. I guarantee he would have said, well, no, this uh, this white guy raps and look at what he got. Right. This white guy plays and look, he got all this and all that. I get it. But your video was heavily, heavily suggesting that you're talking about black athletes and rappers who are mostly black right if you don't know uh the two main sports in america are basketball and football right baseball is no longer the american sport um 
people I know a lot, a couple people tuned in to watch the home run derby a couple days ago. And, you know, people were uh, glad to see Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit all them home runs. A black guy, by the way, even though he's Spanish, he's black. But, uh, yeah, like, you know, the, the two sports that you were mainly getting at were two sports that are heavily, especially the NBA, which is, you know, what, 90% black or, you know, 85% black. The NFL, which is about 70% black. So 65, 70% black. So, um, you know, you, you, there's a way to educate. There's a way to criticize, right? Nobody's saying you're wrong for doing either. Do that people aren't allowed to do who look like us, right? Like there's a ton of data. There's a ton of stuff on the internet and uh, like the newspaper articles and everything that talks about black people who do take their finances serious and they do take, you know, their financial literacy, uh, uh, serious, right? And they've tried to go invest in homes, but the bank denied them, right? They've tried to go, uh, or they bought homes. Like you can go see um, D.L. Hughley tell a story recently, told a story recently about uh, when he bought a house, you know, wherever they were living in California in Los Angeles area at the time. And they were trying to sell the house because when he bought the house, it was worth, you know, um, what, a couple hundred thousand, right? They stayed there for a while. The area grew, and he wanted to sell his house. Uh, the rest of his neighbor's houses were around the same size, but all of his neighbors were white or, you know, they weren't black. So um, when he, uh, when the real estate agent showed up, they said, hey, I'm going to do showings or whatever. Uh, he'll li- have listing appointments here. You should take all of your pictures down. And he was like, I'm not about to. Why, why would I do that? And, you know, the, the real estate agent didn't want to say it. But, you know, it was because people don't like to buy houses that black folks live in. So uh, and I can't imagine, you know, what would be. The reason, if you take care of your house, you take care of your house. If the house is in a good area, it's in a good area. It don't matter who lives there. Did you take care of the house? Do you, you know, it shouldn't matter. It's a house. So um, when the real estate appraiser showed up, the real estate appraiser showed up and saw the black pictures, valued the house so low that the bank thought it was uh, a house that was about to be foreclosed on and they didn't know about it. So they came and looked at the house and they found out that the only reason that the guy uh, valued the house was so low was because D.L. Hughley and his black family lived in the house, right? So the bank had to personally cut him a check, right? Because of the, the discrimination. So the point I'm trying to make is, you know, uh, Grant Cardone, even though you meant well, I was like, man, you know, and he's a guy who's in his late 50s. So, you know, he's obviously stuck in his ways. You're not going to change his opinion. Uh, yes, you you personally can do a lot of stuff, but 
you know, there was a group of black investors who tried to buy the Panthers a few years ago. And they came up with the money and the NFL said they valued the Panthers at was I believe like one point eight billion. They showed up with the one point eight billion and the NFL said, no, you have to buy for two point two billion. Right. And they tried to come back and uh, renegotiate. And from my understanding, they were completely cut out. So my thing is right. And Colin Kaepernick, who was an athlete, who is an athlete, was a part of the investing group. My thing is, yeah, you're giving people advice, but make sure you give them advice that everybody can use. Make sure you are aware that only certain people can can take your advice or can certain pe- only certain people can take certain advice. I want to invest in a whole lot of stuff too uh down the line. I want to have uh rental properties but i'm also aware that you know (laughs) let's say if i had uh five million dollars to invest in something right and i downloaded this app called meetup if anybody's aware of it uh you should download it if you're trying to look into getting into new stuff around whatever area you live in uh if you're trying to network for business or whatever you know, or just meet new friends or whatever, download meetup. But anyway, one of the suggestions in my group was, you know, a uh, multifamily investing group. Now, I plan on jumping in, but I also looked at who all was a part of the group. And there's not a lot of people. It's honestly, it's nobody who looks like me in the group. So, that's not to say that a lot of people who are black don't like to invest because I met a guy, an older guy, who owns, uh, I believe, 18 um, rental properties around the Birmingham area. It's one of the first people I met when I moved up here. An older, a older gentleman, a retired, um, retired police officer, and you know, but but his portfolio is all 100%. Um, Section 8, 100% Section 8, right? He buys a lot of houses in areas that, you know, most people don't want to buy in, right? And he turned them around. He fixed them up himself. And, you know, it's an area that obviously he can go into or he feels comfortable going into. And, you know, the government pays him whatever. But, you know, he's still responsible for those houses you know, as far as anything going wrong or if he has to evict somebody, it's on him. And it's much easier to do that in a neighborhood that's considered safe as opposed to a neighborhood that's, you know, has a bunch of a, a bunch of crime in it. So the point I'm trying to make is. Yes, do do rappers and NBA players and NFL players who are black make bad investments, of course. But you also need to do your homework, right? Stop comparing uh, guys in the NBA now to people who uh, played in the NBA or, you know, whatever sport, uh, who uh, or rappers or whatever who uh, were rapping in the, you know, 15 years ago, 25 years ago, whatever, 30 years ago, right? They made a lot of financial mistakes 
They signed a bunch of bad contracts. They got a bunch of women pregnant out of wedlock and paid, you know, millions of dollars in child support to understand uh, where they're coming from. You should understand their background. You should understand the discrimination that they face. And, and you should also, you know, try and, try and come up with some strategies to, that they can use, right, to, to help them get around these roadblocks or, you know, how to combat these roadblocks. Yeah, I'm not allowed to invest in this, but you can put your money here, right? And then you can make your stupid purchases. So anyway, you know, that's not me trying to say that he's a bad guy or anything or that he has bad intentions, but you need to understand where your privilege is, right? And where our privilege is not. <clears throat> All right, we back from a little short break here. I'm lying. I recorded earlier today and this second segment uh, is coming much later in the night. I don't know if you can hear all the bugs and all that. They having a good old conversation. There's a million damn crickets out here. But anyway, um, so I came across a very interesting story. Apparently, Jimmy Walker. If you don't know who Jimmy Walker is, uh, the show Good Times, which was on TV um, about 40 years ago. Very popular show still to this day uh, as far as in the black community. Now, I don't know many people my age who watch it, right? But I know a lot of people my age who've seen it. Uh, I don't know many people younger than me who uh, are black and who watch the show, but some of the references are still very much there uh, in our community. But, you know, anyway, so apparently uh, Jimmy Walker, who's now in his 70s and has gotten a bad, 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 bad reputation for being an asshole, jerk, whatever you want to call him, um, to people, especially when people ask him to do uh, the dynamite. And it's like, nigga, that's what that's all you good at. That's all you was doing. Like I've heard. uh post good times he's tried for decades to get a stand-up career going off uh, uh yeah a stand did, did i say that right he's trying to get his stand-up career going and it's never really worked um i think he got from my understanding i think he gave up kind of on the black audience and tried to go to you know i want to say more of a mixed audience but a mostly white audience um, even him and my main man, Michael Winslow, uh, went on a tour. They might be on like some type of little tour right now. Um, and Michael Winslow is the black, one of the black guys off, uh, police Academy, the police Academy franchise in which he made all of the funny sounds and all that. And, you know, they, you know, Michael Winslow come up and he make all his funny noises, uh, during the stand up time during his uh stand-up you should you should youtube it it's it's actually funny not probably funny in the way that he wants it to be funny but funny in the fact that nigga this really your whole act right here 
way be <laughs> but uh yeah anyway so uh him and michael winslow i believe went on tour or either they're currently on tour and you know jj is known for getting really mad and you know cussing people out on stage when the whole crowd ask him hey do the dino mic do the dino mic <laughs> but anyway you know the story i found uh jj jj um is apparently mad at the entire nba excluding the white guys the coaches the owners the refs you know so essentially only the black players um and he specifically named um lebron james kevin durant and kyrie irving uh he said they should have no political views and they should focus on being grateful right now when people say you should be grateful for your opportunity let's number one make this clear right if you if you have walmart how can walmart be great how how uh, can Walmart function without products, right? Right? If you have a shoe store, how can you say you're, you're a shoe store, yet you have no shoes to sell? So, how can you say that the NBA players, that's probably a bad comparison, that's probably actually an awful comparison, but how, how can you say the NBA players should be grateful as if they're not the ones who put in the work to be that good. Like, you, hey, when, when people say you should be grateful to a professional athlete, number one, you're saying, well, everybody's that talented. You just got lucky and they picked you. As if the, the, the draft, the NFL draft is like people put on a blindfold and we're going to reach out and gra- grab a name out of hat and that's who we're going to take. And you were lucky to get it. No, you idiot. These were talent, people born with special talents. Not only were they born with special talent, they worked, in most cases, in 90% of the cases, they worked their ass off to get there. So they earned that. And then once they got there, once they got there, they continued to work to get better. Right? But he said, okay, they should have no political views and they should be grateful. Then he says, if I was if I was there, I would I would be out shooting right now. Meaning he'd be out shooting, working on his jump shot all day and night. All day and night. Right. But now he said he'd be out shooting right now, but he tried for the last forty years to start up a very unsuccessful um a very unsuccessful uh comedy career and instead of him writing and trying to perfect his craft of on stage instead he spent the last 40 years being bitter about a role that made him famous right so you wasn't good enough so you want to get him advice for something that you didn't do you didn't have you couldn't you couldn't make yourself get up to write or go get some help to write so that your jokes were actually good because I've never heard anybody say anything. And I've heard like, this is what's so funny. 
I've had at least seven or eight comedians who are actually really, really, really good and have really big names and they they go out on the road every week and tell our shows. I've had at least seven or eight of them uh, say, man, he's garbage. Why is he even still, why is he even still trying this, right? Okay, but anyway, so he tried to get him advice for something that he didn't even take his own advice on, all right? And um, let's skip down. The thing that upsets me the most about NBA players is they're so upset. They're so angry. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, what are you upset about? I'm happy if I'm making that kind of money. They're always complaining. Okay, number one. You're always angry, from my understanding. I don't know JJ. I mean Jimmy Walker, because I heard he hates being called JJ. Jimmy Walker, I heard is anytime you run across him, say he's one of the biggest assholes that you'll ever meet. But uh, again, educate me, because I, I mean I watch sports, but apparently I don't watch him the way he watch him. What are the NBA players angry about? Like, what are the NBA players angry about? Like, you could say some people take stuff the wrong way or they go about stuff the wrong way. But literally, what is, what is LeBron James angry about? What, when have you ever seen LeBron James? Uh, when have you ever seen him cuss somebody out in the media? Like somebody tried. Now, he don't do a lot of uh, interviews and all that. And uh, have you ever seen some of the stuff that the people go on TV and say about him every day. So why would I do an interview with you if you talk shit about me every day, right? Uh, Kyrie Irving, right or wrong, Kyrie Irving said several things that he personally believes, like, you know, the, the earth being flat or whatever, whether he's right or wrong or, you know, whether you believe him or not, was he angry when he said that? Was he angry when he said that? Maybe it's not a popular opinion, but I don't think he was angry about it. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant ain't angry about anything. Kevin Durant just refuses to let people talk shit about him and not respond to it. Right? Like, I'm still waiting on Chris Broussard to release the text messages that he says that he has between Kevin Durant and him. Right. And Kevin Durant even said, if you got text messages, put them out there. Let everybody see it. Right. Because you're not lying. If since me and you are cool, put them out there. So I'm trying to figure out what is JJ talking about? What are they angry about? LeBron James, how often he spends how much time? Like that's the that's the one thing. It's, a, it's one thing to spend a lot of money. It's another thing to actually spend time to actually put a thought process behind and, and be actively involved into your charity, right? It's that, that, Those are two totally different things, right? What charities are you involved in, Jimmy Walker? What charities have you been involved with? Right? I'm not saying you're not involved, but I highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. If that's your personality now, I could imagine what it was like when good times was on. So I'm trying to figure out what is, what exactly is 
his beef with with guys who, you know, have never mentioned his name. They've never even fit the the profile, or they've never even um, showed the behavior that he's describing. So, uh, I don't know. Then the thing that really got me this last part. They don't understand what it's like to be in real life. Real life is getting your own bags off the luggage carousel. No characters, no limos waiting for you. That's what real life is about. He added before going on to criticize political uh, posturing of athletes like Colin Kaepernick. Right, so he also mentions Colin Kaepernick. So... Apparently, JJ Jimmy Walker's idea of real life, or you know, a real life struggle, is having to lift your luggage. That that's that's the issues that you know has made them so detached from the world, right? They don't get their own luggage. They they ride in limos. No, this is this the second thing. Like, okay, it's 2019. When is the last time you seen somebody get into a limousine and it wasn't at like a funeral or something? When's the last time you said saw an athlete say, hey, had a limo waiting on me at the airport? When have you ever seen that? When's the last time you seen that? Because I because I, I ain't seen it. It's been it's been at least a decade. Right? So you're saying that, you know, these guys who, uh, by the way, LeBron James has a documentary in which cameras were literally around him when he was in the sixth grade all the way up till he became, until he got drafted into the NBA. And if you watch the documentary, you watch the documentary, LeBron James grew up with a teenage mom a teenage mom who would leave days at a time would leave him right and he didn't know whether or not she was coming back lebron james mom grew up on section eight kevin durant grew up on section eight right kyrie irvin grew up with a dad his mom died when he was a young when he was a young child right and you know he probably didn't have to grow up on Section 8, but Kyrie Irving's dad didn't exactly have a boatload of money to raise him with. So I'm trying to figure out what real life did you experience that they didn't experience, right? So they they came out the they came out the vagina and walked straight on to the NBA court, according to what Jimmy Walker said. Right? They they can't carry their own luggage. They can't carry their own luck. Just thinking about the fact that he, because they caught him, uh, they caught him coming out of a, a airport when he said this. I don't even think the person who was interviewing him even meant to even get on this subject. He probably was struggling because you know he's in his 70s and hung <laughs> to him grabbing their luggage and he got his big heavy ass luggage in the field with who knows what, right? And he, he carrying the heavy luggage and then somebody from TMZ say, hey, Dino Mike, 
And he said, no, 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 I got something to say. I got something to say. LeBron James and Kevin Durant, they ain't shit. And the dude with the camera is probably like, man, what the hell are you talking about? But, you know, I, I don't I don't know, man. Like, don't um, shit on the people of, what's the word I'm looking for? Prominence in their community in order to gain, uh, like, favorable positions uh, with white folks. I mean, let's just call the spade a spade. They'll do that uh, because most of the people who um, control, especially in the entertainment industry, most of the people who have the positions of power are white. So, you know, JJ, who is, I'm sure, probably struggling financially, or maybe not struggling, but he don't have the money that he think he should have had coming out of good times. Like, in his opinion, he's probably uh, an Oscar-worthy actor um, for his work as J.J. Or, you know, he probably thinks that he should have been in every Spike Lee movie or he's probably envious and he hates Denzel Washington and Samuel Jackson because they just came out of nowhere and they start throwing them in all these movies and uh he probably tried to fight morgan freeman back in the day or something like that man we don't know because I, I i'm just saying i done heard a bunch of stories and ain't none of them been good about him so uh yeah like it's just weird that you would just randomly pick those three players out and you would randomly just bring up uh the fact that they make so much money so they shouldn't they shouldn't be allowed to have opinions like this right and that's the dangerous thing about it is uh the the you know the the media that is caucasian who uh, um hey you should just be you should just be an athlete and make your money and why do you want to be a role model why do you care about politics why do you care about giving back to communities you got out so you should just you should just live your life why is it why is it such a big deal to you and the dangerous fact is no matter how insignificant it is they will use something like like uh they will use somebody like jimmy walker right as you know um i don't i don't know what word i'm trying to put in here but they will use somebody like that and kind of build upon what they said, right? As insignificant as they are, they will constantly throw him in our face, right? And they'll throw these other people in our face. And, you know, now they are, they're not, they're not the bad guy. They're making him the face of the evil agenda right so if they if they want to get something out there like similar to the sheriff from i believe it was milwaukee uh is that right the black guy from milwaukee they they will use him as the uncle ruckus character so to speak they'll use him as that character and whatever they want to say as harsh as they want to say it, they'll use him 
to relay their message towards us. And, you know, it makes us angry at him. And then it continues this cycle of, yeah, we're trying to make a step forward, but we have one of our own coming back into the community to help tear it down. So, you know, JJ, Jimmy Walker, hey man, look, fuck you. Uh, it's probably about time for you to go ahead and lay it down, man. Time, probably time for you to go ahead and lay it down. Uh, you know, if, if you and your, if you 75 and you can't see that, uh, if you're 75 and you can't see, you know, the error of what you're doing, then, you know, hey man, fuck you. You know, if this was somebody who was 20 years old and they were saying this, then there's a chance for them to get slapped in the face with reality. And then you could kind of have sympathy for them, but you can't have can't have it for a guy like this who is obviously trying as hard as he can to become relevant again right there's a lot of people who especially seeing how social media works become even more angered because they were once uh the big star and you know they fell off and they were never able to catch back up they're never able to catch back up They were never able to stay relevant again. They are 100% dependent on somebody else to number one, pay them, and to number one, keep their name out there. They can't go out and actually get it on their own, right? And that's exactly what I've heard about him is, you know, he, he, he really doesn't have any talent. Like, if you go back and watch the show, if you've ever watched the show, He's not a great actor because if he was a good actor, wouldn't he have been on something else? Right. And he did some little, uh, I guess back in the day, you call it some shucking and jiving. And, you know, he said dynamite and all that. And hey, look, it was cool to have a character like that back then. It was cool to have a character like that back then. But now when you look back at it, you're like, I mean, you know, yeah, I get it. But. That's not a character that I would I would play right now. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't take on that image of being a watermelon eating buffoon when, you know, <laughs> with his lips poked out and all that and saying all type of uh catchy one liners to really impress the white audience. But hey, if the black audience laughs too, then hey, okay, that's cool. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, what I said in the first segment, then, hey, man, I appreciate it. And anybody who want to send me some positive words of encouragement, hey, man, I, it, it'll be greatly appreciated. You know, wishing me good luck on, you know, uh finally starting to trade with my own real money uh, i really appreciate that that you know those kind words um yeah i will see y'all back i said i'll see y'all i will catch y'all back on friday peace